Welcome to The Voice of Reason with Dr. Sonia Thompson of Arise Ministries International. Get ready to be strengthened with solid foundational truths inspired by the living word and changed by fresh revelation that will push you into a victorious life now. Welcome and thank you for joining me today on The Voice of Reason podcast. This is your host, Dr. Sonia Thompson. Just want to let you know that I really appreciate you taking out your time to listen to today's podcast. Time is very valuable. It's a valuable commodity in the kingdom, and we want to always make sure that we use it in a beneficial way. Let's go ahead and invite the Holy Spirit. He's the voice of reason, and we're going to go ahead and get into our lesson for today. Holy Spirit, we invite you. We ask that you would come and show a seal of approval on this message. Glory to God that your anointing would flow through the airways, that you would literally walk out of my mouth into the atmosphere of your people, wherever they are. I'm decreeing and declaring today that as this word goes forth, repentance is going to break out, cleansing is going to go forth, and restoration for those that are hearing. Lord, we give you glory. We give you honor. Let grace be on my lips today, Holy Spirit, in the mighty, mighty name of the living God. We're going to continue a series that I started called The Fear of the Lord. And I'm going to go ahead and give you the title now. I'm going to teach this a little bit differently today without a leading scripture. We're going to look at several different ones. My hope is to finish this in one sitting. If not, we'll have two parts to this. The name of today's lesson is The Fear of the Lord, The Anointing. So we've been discussing the fear of the Lord from several different aspects over the last few weeks. This week, I'd like for us to look at the fear of the Lord as it relates to the anointing of God. Many times we view the anointing as just power to function. I think I taught a lesson one time years ago, the anointing, the unction to function. And it is that we see it in an office or we see it paired with the gifting of God. We see it to bring freedom. All of this is true. But today I'm going to elevate your thinking on the anointing of God and how it relates to the fear of the Lord. You should have a healthy fear of the Lord when it comes to the anointing of God. Let me read Isaiah 10, 27 to you from the New King James Version. Now, this text is speaking about Israelites when they were under the Assyrian bondage. This is what it says. And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder And his yoke from your neck, and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. You see what happens there, talking about the anointing that removes a burden and destroys the yoke. He says it's going to be destroyed because of the anointing. In Luke chapter 4, we read text there where Jesus comes out of the wilderness and he boldly makes a declaration that the spirit of the Lord is upon him. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, but watch this. There's a reason because he has anointed me to preach the gospel. He said he sent him to heal, to proclaim, to give recovery of sight to the blind and to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. But notice he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me. The anointing of God took care of the list that followed. So another aspect of this anointing, and stay with me because I'm going to bring this together where the fear of the Lord is concerned. When Saul no longer obeyed God, 
The Bible tells us in 1 Samuel chapter 16, 14, that the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul and a distressing spirit from the Lord troubled him. These are different aspects with this anointing. So the spirit of the Lord lifted off of Saul. It was the anointing. He was still a king, but now he was a king in his own strength. And the Bible says he was greatly distressed or tormented because the anointing had lifted off of him and a distressing spirit from the Lord had troubled him. Know this about the anointing. What I've read to you so far, know this about the anointing. The anointing always has a purpose. There's a purpose for the anointing. We just saw that in the scriptures that I just read to you. People claim to be anointed, but I'm like, for what? For what? The anointing is not to feel good. Okay. Goosebumps is not an indication of an anointing. Fleshly displays are not an indication of the anointing of God. The anointing, as we just saw, changes things. The anointing is for function. That is true. When the anointing is present, people are changed. They're set free. They're delivered. They're empowered. They are healed. Demons get cast out when the anointing is present. Oh, they'll manifest in the presence of the anointing. I've seen this many, many times. This is the purpose of the anointing. God does not anoint without purpose. There's no anointing because somebody sounds good when they're singing. That's not anointing because they're loud when they're preaching. That does not mean that they are anointed. And just so you know, not every believer is anointed. A lot of times people are are operating in their gift and they have no anointing upon what they're doing. I've seen this many, many times personally, and I've experienced it myself in my life where the anointing of God wasn't present when I was teaching one time. And it wasn't because I was in sin. It was because I had forgot to invite the Holy Spirit before I taught. And let me tell you, it was a lesson that I learned and a valuable one at that because heaven help me and anybody who continues to function without the anointing of the Holy Spirit. My friend, that's a very, very dangerous place and position to be in. So you're probably wondering, all right, woman of God, how does the anointing relate to the fear of the Lord? I'm going to do like Jesus with you right now. Before I answer your question, I'm going to ask you a question. Where do you think the anointing of God comes from? Very simple, right? You've probably said, God, of course. Yes, of course. But let me tell you this about the anointing of God. Listen carefully. Not only does this anointing come from him, right? Because it's a direct extension of him. Listen to me. The anointing is him. You can't take a piece of God and it not be him. It's not possible. That anointing is actually him. And we see even a hint of this in the Old Testament when Moses released and the anointing that was on his life over those that God called for him to help him in what he was doing. He literally released a piece of him on them, the anointing that God had placed on him on them. So the fact that the anointing is him, know this, and the fact that God is present is what causes burdens to be removed and the yokes to be destroyed. You thought it was you, didn't you? It's not you, my friend. Don't trap the anointing of God. Don't take ownership of the anointing of God. We're just a vessel that he flows through. And when he can no longer flow through you without you touching his anointing, touching him, 
he's going to lift his anointing off of what you're doing. So in essence, God has literally smeared himself onto that person. And let me tell you how this anointing shows up. It's because he does this with a life that's submitted to him. He does this with people who takes his gifts, notice I said his gifts, and his callings and gives it back to him for him to use them any way he sees fit. You hear a lot of people say, my gift. You don't have a gift. You're a steward of it. I don't own it. I'm stewarding the giftings of God. It's his gift. He has given it to me only in by means of stewardship. Psalm 105.15 says this, do not touch my anointed ones and do my prophets no harm. That word touch not or do not touch means don't you strike them. Don't you plague them. That means oppressing them. Don't lay a hand on them for any purpose. And let me talk to you about this hand. This hand can also be the tongue. The Bible says in Proverbs that death and life are in the power of the tongue. That word tongue is the word yod, and it literally means a hand. Death and life are in the hand of the tongue. The tongue is like a hand. You thought you had two hands, you got three, okay? And that's another lesson in itself. But even laying a hand on them with your mouth, God says, don't you do it. And it's not just because of position. You know, a lot of times people take this and they will encapsulate leadership with it, your pastors, and it only is relatable to them. That's not true. Because let me tell you something. Saul was a king, and I'm about to make up my own word. He was anointing-less, okay? You can have a position and still have no anointing. So it's not just because they have a position. He didn't have any anointing. This opens up another aspect of fear right here. You can temporarily house the anointing in your disobedience. Saul was disobedient. And until the Lord raised up as his replacement, the anointing was still on him. The moment David was anointed, you go look in your Bible, it followed that the Spirit of God departed from Saul. The anointing left him. So Saul stayed in that place as a king, but the anointing of God lifted on him when David was anointed. That's a very scary spot to be in that God is raising up somebody to take your place, but he's going to leave you in that position. Let me talk to you for a moment. I feel like I need to stop right here. This opens up another aspect of fear, like I just said. And it's time, if this word finds you, if God has called you to do something and you've been operating in the flesh or you sense that the anointing of God is not on what you're doing, it is time for you to stop playing with the Lord. You may have some people fooled, but unless you repent, a moment is going to come, just like it did with Saul, when everybody's going to know that God is not with you. And they'll be crying out the same way they did with Saul. Saul is slain his thousands, but David his ten thousands. And they're going to, in other words, they were saying, you've done your part, but we see now that the anointing of God is with David. Don't let that be spoken of you. And I'm telling you this under the unction of the Holy Spirit. When God confronted Aaron and Miriam, there was an aspect of the fear of the Lord because the anointing that showed up. And the reason that they were murmuring, just so you know, is because he had married an Ethiopian woman. That was the root of this disrespect or dishonor that showed up in regards to Moses. And they were saying, hey, is he the only one God is speaking to? You know, I've seen that in my life with people. You're not the only one. 
God talks to. I know I'm not the only one that God speaks to. And this is what they were saying. Doesn't he speak to us also? Let me show you what happens in Numbers chapter 12. Let's read from the sixth verse, maybe to the eighth verse. Hear now my words. This is God speaking. He's called Aaron and Miriam out to confront them. He says, if there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak to him in a dream, not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. I speak with him face to face, even plainly and not in dark sayings. And he sees the form of the Lord. And God asks them a question. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? You see that word? He asked them, how come you didn't have a fear of the Lord for my anointing? So there's another level of intimacy that's revealed here with Moses. And let me say this to you. As your level of intimacy increases with God, the anointing increases. And I've noticed that personally. I guard my time and intimacy with God very closely. As a result, the anointing on my life continues to increase. So God asked them a question. How come you were not afraid to speak against? Now, remember I talked about the tongue as a hand. How come you weren't afraid to touch my anointed? Because it should be apparent to you, God is saying this to them, and I'm paraphrasing, that I'm with him. And you mean to tell me you didn't have the fear of God? And as we follow this, we notice that God's anger is aroused and Miriam is struck with leprosy. Let me talk to you for a moment. When you touch the anointing of God, situations in your life are going to become leprous and vice versa. That's with you too, if you're anointed. So you ought to be very careful. Some people, you can trace back the leprous places in their lives to a spot where they touch the anointing of God on a man or woman of God that God put in their midst. And I want you to notice something. You go back and read this text, but you want to know who cried out for Miriam? Moses. The anointing on this man of God's life removed that burden and destroyed that yoke. The very one they had come against went to God. And this is an intercessor. There's a whole lot of lessons in this. But he went to God on her behalf. That's how you know somebody that's really anointed. Because you know that anointing could be turned any kind of way. He could have made a different request to God, like David used to do. God, shut their mouths. You know, destroy them, God. He said to God, he went to God on her behalf that the Lord would bring healing to her body, and God did it. That's the mark of somebody that is anointed, somebody that has humility. You should have a real fear of God to touch what he has smeared himself on. Let revelation come to you. Let me talk to you. This is not just a man or woman that I'm talking about. I've heard people teach stuff like this. Pastors, oh, he's just a man. He puts his pants on just like me. The devil is a liar. If that man or woman of God is smeared, oh no, he's not operating. He's not operating in the flesh. He's operating in the spirit and the anointing of God is on him. Let me say this to you. The anointing of God does not know faces. Know this. The anointing of God doesn't know religion or race. The anointing of God doesn't care if you're a Christian or you're not a Christian. I'm here to tell you. I've seen this by experience. The anointing of God knows burdens destroyed and yokes removed. It is God. If you touch him 
and what he has anointed, or who he has anointed, I should say, he has no choice but to break out on whoever touches that anointing in an improper manner. That burden or yoke will be destroyed. So if that's you, that's what's going to happen. Or if somebody is inadvertently done that with you, that anointing must respond. So when you touch them, you touch him. My God, and he has no option but to respond. Let me take this a little bit further. Watch the other side of this. This thing is so deep with the fear of the Lord and this anointing. Now I'm going to bring some balance. Watch this. In 2 Samuel 1, I'm not going to read it. You got plenty of homework, okay? I want to try to, to get this finished out. David killed a young Amalekite in 2 Samuel chapter 1 because he claimed to have killed Saul. David was in, still in that place of running from Saul. He was, in fact, lying, this young man. He was looking for a reward. Now, you have to study this out to know that this young man was lying. But David says this to him. He asks them, how did he know that Saul was dead? And he explains it to David. And then in 2 Samuel 1.14, David says this to this young man. How was it you were not afraid? Oh my, there's that word again. How was it that there was no fear of God for you to put forth your hand to destroy the Lord's anointed? The fear of the Lord, the anointing. I hope you're getting this. Now watch this. You might be thinking, wait a minute. You just talked about the anointing lifting off of Saul. It in fact did, but watch this. Why was there no fear of the Lord? That anointing lifted, but Saul was still the king. He was still in an office that God anointed him and put him in. Even though God was no longer with him in his operation, but God still put him there and it was up to God to remove him not man. You don't touch and remove what God has put in position. That belongs, that person is his, that position is his, and it's God. He decides when to remove. Let me tell you something. This is a very scary situation because there are leaders that have injured people. They have hurt people. They have done things that they shouldn't, but you can't just go out and touch that anointed. You can't start running your mouth. I've had this happen to me personally on two occasions. I did not go out bashing them. I didn't go out trying to destroy their reputation. I went on about my business and I let God handle it. And he sure did. He did. I let him take care of it because God called them into that office. And it was not my place to touch that anointed in any way. And God brought vindication. David said, God, let vindication come from your presence. And God vindicated me and dealt with them appropriately. So you can't touch them in any way. Even when they're wrong, you got to leave it up to God. You go about your business. Unless God personally tells you to expose something, then you'll do it. I'm going to go ahead and finish this out. It's going to be a little bit longer, but I don't want to divide this up into a second part. Let me give you another example. I'm talking to you about the fear of the Lord, the anointing. Many examples. Michal and David, David's wife, Michal. Remember, she looked out from the palace window, saw him dancing and celebrating the Lord as they brought the Ark of the Covenant forward. And he literally danced out of his kingly garments. And she despised him, the Bible says in her heart. He was her husband and her king. Now, let me talk to you wives. You better be careful. Your husband, God anointed them to be your covering. 
So there's a particular spot of honor that they occupy. God put them there. Now you may be saying, oh, well, there's no God. The anointing of the Lord had lifted off of him. Oh, but he's still in an office. I just showed you that with Saul, still king. So let me tell you something, wise, beware. Beware that you walk in the fear of the Lord when it comes to your husbands. I'm going to leave that alone. So Michal, she despised David. This is a very deep lesson with Michal and David. It's a deep lesson on dishonor. But I also want you to note in her despise, when she despised him, she touched the anointing of God. She touched God on this mighty man of God. And again, this humility and anointing go hand in hand. Her spiritual womb got closed up and her womb got closed up. Okay, you don't hear no more about her. That was the end of her story. And she did not bear any children. I don't care what anybody says. You see the direct relation that because of that, her womb got shut down. Let me tell you something about touching the anointed of God. Your spiritual womb will get shut down and you will find that God is literally fighting against you whenever you despise or loathe what he loves. Don't touch the apple of God's eye. My friend, there's a reason to fear the Lord if you come against the plans or purposes of God, those that he's anointed. And I'm talking about you too. Even if you do it with words, you're going to be like Saul kicking against the pricks or the goads. It's painful. You don't want to do it. And you're going to find yourself blinded like Saul did in the New Testament if you fight against God and don't walk in a fear of the Lord when it comes to the anointed. Some of you can't even see your way out of some circumstances that to most look simple because you've touched the anointed of God. I know what I'm talking about. I'm hearing from the Holy Spirit. God's not going to overlook it. I'm going to remind you when you touch them, you touch God. When they touch you, they touch God. And the anointing of God must respond appropriately. There's a reason to fear of walking in disobedience also and operating in the gift only paired with your flesh. So you see the layers of the fear of the Lord we looked at in this lesson on the fear of the Lord, the anointing? There's a reason to fear. If you're disobedient and you're working the gift, you know it. You know when you're anointed or not, not by response of people. You know when God's hand is on you and that the anointing is paired with your gifting. And you know when it's flesh. If the anointing of God's lifted off your life, I'm asking you to repent. If this lesson has hit you in any way, I'm decreeing and declaring as I decreed in the opening of this message, repentance, cleansing, and restoration would begin to flow. I'm asking the Holy Spirit that he would highlight some things that you need to repent of. Even if somebody came against the anointing of God on your life and touched you, that you would even pray for them for recovery and restoration the same way Moses did for Miriam. I'm decreeing and declaring cleansing just went out in these airways as this word went forth. There is a reason to fear the Lord when it comes to his anointing. I want to thank you for taking time to listen to this podcast. This one went a little bit longer, but I, I want to thank you for that. I'm asking you to do me a huge favor to share this podcast for me and join us in getting this word spread across the nation. The Lord told me that the knowledge of the glory of the Lord would cover the earth as the waters cover the sea through the Voice of Reason podcast. We are expecting and anticipating listeners 
in every state in this nation. We're even in New Zealand and Canada right now. I'm asking that you follow us, download these lessons, and share them with others. Lives are being changed. God bless you until next time on The Voice of Reason. Thanks for tuning in to The Voice of Reason podcast with Dr. Sonia Thompson. We solicit your prayers and support. Please visit our website at www.ariseministriesintl.com for more information about our products, ministry, or to submit your prayer request. Don't forget to connect with us on Facebook at Arise Ministries INTL. Be sure to tune in again next week with The Voice of Reason.